Welcome back to the podcast. Today, on Tuesday, we are going to be opening up to Numbers chapter 9 and continuing on in this chapter, looking at verses 16 through 14. And as we are opening up and turning there today, I just want to remind you, if you would like to support the program, and there is no pressure to do so, but if you'd like to, you can go to gen1-rev22.com and find the support tab and find different ways to support and you also can find us over on Patreon by looking for Gen 1 to Rev 22. Let's dive in today and let's look at these verses and then dive into them a little bit deeper and see what we observe from the context of Scripture. So, Numbers chapter 9, verses 16, excuse me, 6 through 14. Now there were certain men who were defiled by a human corpse, so that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and Aaron that day, and those men said to him, We became defiled by a human corpse. We are kept from presenting the offering of the Lord at its appointed time among the children of Israel. And Moses said to them, Stand still, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If any one of you or your posterity is unclean because of a corpse, or is far away on a journey, he may still keep the Lord's Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month at twilight, that they may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it until morning, nor break one of its bones. According to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. But if the man who is clean and is not on a journey, and ceases to keep the Passover, that same person shall be cut off from among his people, because he did not bring the offering at the appointed time, that man shall bear his sin. And if a stranger dwells among you and would keep the Passover, he must do so according to the right of the Passover, according to its ceremony, and you shall have one ordinance, both for the stranger and the native of the land. So some very interesting things that we see in this particular part of chapter 9 is that there is a caveat. Now, the, the chapter is going to go on and talk about some other things, but here we notice a caveat to the Passover. There's the situation of certain men who had become defiled ceremonially uh, by being around a corpse. And there were things that uh, were definitely specified earlier on in the law that we have observed where uh, you would become ceremonially unclean. This is not a, a sinful uncleanliness. This is a ceremonial uncleanliness where you, you need to take time to uh, re-clean yourself, so to speak, re-cleanse yourself before you can come and observe the Passover. So these guys are not being punished for sin. They're not being told that you're no longer part of the people or you're living in sin, but they are... Um, appealing to their authority by knowing we're, we're unqualified, we're, we're not able uh, to participate in the Passover. They desire to participate, and they come before their authority, Moses and Aaron, which I think is a very important principle there. They come before their authority desiring to be observing this and participating in this, but knowing they're unqualified at this point in time, ceremonially uh, unclean. And so, the interesting thing we say next is Moses basically tells them, well, what, wait upon the Lord's answer. And they do. They wait. And we notice then that the Lord gives a, a prescription to this particular caveat, this particular situation, the exception to the rule. And the Lord tells them that there is an alternate Passover permitted in the second month on the 14th day. 
So rather than observing the Passover at its appropriate time in the first month on the 14th day, there's this alternate time then allowed. But we also notice that the Lord says that it's not only for the person who is uh, unclean who can then observe this in the alternative time, but also someone who was away on a journey. So there's another uh, kind of, if you will, exception clause put in there where the Lord makes provision for the people. So this is very uh, specific in how they can continue to participate in this very central feast and very central observance uh, to the law. However, we do see that there's something else that is said, and that is that they must, um, <clears throat> this does not apply, pardon me, to the person that is not unclean or just chooses of their own volition to willingly disobey and not participate in this uh, feast that the Lord had given them. If somebody just didn't want to participate in the Passover, it's very clear that they would be cut off from the people. Willing disobedience resulted in removal from fellowship. They were cut off from the people. So this is, again, something that was a specific two situations, defilement or traveling on a journey that would be grounds for observing the Passover at a later time, specifically in the second month on the 14th day. But willing disobedience was a whole nother issue. There also is then this very interesting phrase in verse 14 that I want to draw our attention to. It says, if a stranger dwells among you and would keep the Lord's Passover. So a stranger is a non-Jewish person. Uh, so a Gentile, a non-Jew that would desire to participate in the Passover was allowed to if they wanted to. If they would keep it, if they desired to keep it, they could. But they had to do so in the same manner as the Jewish people. There was uh, one ordinance for both. And that word ordinance is kind of interesting because uh, that is a, a term uh, that we kind of use later on for the Lord's Supper and for baptism. That these are ordinances that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us. And so very interesting that that same type of term is used here. And again, that's, that's how it's translated. Um, in another translation, it will call it a statute rather than an ordinance. Uh, ordinance. Um, but the, the point is that regardless of what word is used there, there is a provision made for someone else to observe it. But they have to observe it in the same manner. This reminds me of something it says over in Colossians chapter 2. Now again, this is speaking of those under the New Covenant up in Colossians, but I think that the uh, phrase here and the point of the passage is very helpful for us. So Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through uh, part of 18 say this, So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival, or new moons or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Verse 18, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility. And it goes on to talk about some other things there. One of the key ways in which the Passover or the, the Jewish feasts are perverted today, and um, you lose your reward of observing it joyfully if you would so desire to observe it, the, the reward of enjoying the, the feast and the Passover and being reminded of what the Lord did. Each part of these things has a meaning. Um, but if you do this with false humility, 
you lose your reward. And today, that is one of the dangers with some of the things that are going back to the law, the Hebrew Roots Movement, and the, well, there's various labels and things that these different groups uh, postulate, but I draw our attention once again to what Colossians tells us in light of the Gospel, in light of the New Covenant, that these things, the festivals, the feasts, the new moons, the Sabbaths, they're but a shadow of the things to come. The substance belongs to Christ. And I believe we see this foreshadowed even in what the Scripture says in our text today. In, let's see, verse 9 and verse 11. Yes, we'll pick up in verse 11 back in Numbers chapter 9. It says, On the fourteenth day of the second month at twilight, they may keep it. How do they do it? They keep it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They had these things to represent some stuff. The unleavened bread represented the fact that there was no sin. Leaven, yeast, in the Old Testament represented the pervasiveness of a little bit of sin, how it would taint everything and cause the bread to rise. So you would observe this feast with unleavened bread. We, we use unleavened bread today as well, right, in observing the Lord's Supper. We also see here that they would take bitter herbs as part of the Passover feast. Those bitter herbs were a reminder of the hardship and the suffering that they went through in Egypt. And Egypt is a type or representative of really our bondage to the world before Jesus delivered us through the Red Sea unto new life and freedom in Him. So all these things they went to remind us of what Christ has ultimately done. They were foreshadowings. According to all the ordinance of the Passover, they would keep it. I, I kind of jumped ahead there um, by just glancing down. But in verse 12, it says this, They shall leave none of it until morning, nor shall they break one of its bones, referring to the, the meat portion there of uh, what they would partake of. Which is very interesting because the scripture also speaks of the fact that Jesus was a perfect sacrifice without any broken bones. He was a perfect sacrifice to the Lord on our behalf. And so we see, even in this text itself, that there are foreshadowings of Jesus, which is the substance of what all of these things were teaching the Israelites, preparing them for the coming of the Messiah. Even if they didn't get it, that was the purpose of the Lord uh, instituting these observances, even in how we partake of baptism and the Lord's Supper today as ordinances of the new covenant. These things do not save us, just as Passover did not save them, but they are matters of fellowship. If we don't participate in baptism, we, we aren't really following the Lord in fellowship uh, with Him in the first step of obedience. If we do not partake of the Lord's Supper as we have been instructed to in observance and proclaiming the Lord's death until He comes, then, then we are missing out on that privilege of fellowship with the Lord and being reminded of partaking of His body and of His blood. Uh, it is symbolically, but at the same time, it is a, a spiritual reminder of what we truly are in Christ. We are part of His body as His people, and His blood covers us and cleanses us. And taking that very special time to examine ourselves examine the bitterness of sin which caused Christ to go to the cross and have his blood be spilt and the gracious efficacy of his blood spilt on our behalf for our forgiveness and our salvation and that his body is sustaining us and, and we are partaking of him and sharing in his resurrected life and, and also his 
sufferings as we continue uh, on this earth until he comes again. We are reminded of those things through the ordinance uh, is that we observe in the new covenant. And so, once again, the ordinances of the new covenant don't save us either. They point to the substance which belongs to Jesus Christ himself. Let's bow in prayer today. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for, as we look at these caveats, seeing the really cool thing that you provided a way for the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, to observe the Passover. And there was one way to observe it, but Father, you made a way for even those who were non-Jews but desired to come unto you to participate and enjoy this celebration and this festival and feast unto you. Father, we thank you that you've given us the new covenant ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, reminding us as we uh, commune with the Lord and have fellowship with Christ in his resurrected life. Ultimately, those two things, uh, not saving us, not giving us any special brownie points spiritually, Father, but they allow us to be reminded of and to be blessed by remembering the participation that we have in our Lord and Savior's life, death, resurrection, and um, ascension. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for what you have done in Christ for us. Pray that you would always keep our minds focused upon Christ. And as we continue on to study in the days ahead, Father, just keep our hearts open and tender. Father, help us to continue to be nourished and sustained by your Spirit by our Lord and Savior as we partake of His body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.